0: The Chosen Families Project, where everybody is welcome. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Chosen Families Project. My name is Julian Rebello. And today, I will be discussing the story of a photograph that I bought in a lot of found photographs in an antique store in Asbury Park, New Jersey. Now, this cabinet card portrait is of a middle-aged woman with dark hair and features. She is wearing a white dress with a pendant on her collar and a necklace. The photograph was taken by Hopkins and Holcomb in Selena, Kansas. Now, one source states that although it has not yet been determined when Hopkins and Holcomb were partners, they worked both together and separately in Salina, Kansas in the late 19th century. And this was from, um, and I included this source um, in the links, and what I found was a lot of the, he worked up until 1930 by his death. Now, the back of the photograph states that that she is a Miss Chris Eberhardt. So I don't know her first name, I just know her husband's name. Now, I looked for a Chris Eberhardt from around the late 19th century in Salina, Kansas, from around this time period. And I was able to identify an Anna Catherine Lampert Eberhardt, which is the wife of Christopher Eberhardt, and as the possible woman in the photograph. So I had reached out to a relative and I actually sent the photograph back already to them and was a, and they were able to confirm that this was her. So here is the story of Anna Catherine Lampert Eberhardt and the Lampert and Eberhardt families. Anna Catherine Lampert was born on November 29th, 1842 in Flash, Switzerland to parents Jacob Lampert and Anna Catherine Lampert. Now. I wanted to highlight, prior to getting into them, one of the most in-depth family genealogy texts that I've come across. Historical genealogy accounts like these for families are such crucial documents because they provide not only vital details of families, but also of how generations of families relate to one each other. Now, this account was titled A Genealogical Record of the Lampert Family, and I found this simply through a Google search of Anna Catherine Lampert on Google. And it was compiled by a Margaret Lampert Weissenberg. And this was printed for private circulation in November of 1939. So about Jacob and Anna Catherine, and this is according to that family genealogy, Jacob was born on October 25th, 1814 and had died on May 26, 1848, in West Bend, Wisconsin. He had married Anna Catherine Lampert on February 17, 1839. Her parents were Johann Peter Lampert and Anna Katharina Tuschenbert. born November or October 14, 1813, and died on October 13, 1902, in Salina, Kansas. The family had come to America docking at New Orleans after a seven-week sail in 1846, and they had settled in the woodlands near West Bend, Wisconsin. Now, he was found dead and killed by a rolling log by his second son, John, age six, when he went to call him for breakfast. His son, Joseph, was born over eight months later and was the last child of Jacob and Anna. The widow had made suits for men on nearby farms in exchange for farm labor until the children were able to work. Two of her sons had fought in the Civil War. Now, Catherine was the middle child, uh, Anna Catherine, excuse me, was the middle child of her family. And this included, and her parents Jacob and Anna, and Anna Catherine had the siblings of Matthias, who was born on December 9th, 1839, Johan Peter, who was born on August 30th, 1841, and he was actually killed in the Battle of Atlanta, Georgia on July 22nd, 1864, and he had enlisted with his brother and co- cousin Matthias. Jacob, his other, uh, her other brother, was born on August 9th, 1844. Barthol- Bartholomew was born on August 30th, 1846 in Wisconsin. And Joseph, the final of the siblings, was born on February 8th, 1849. So this just kind of gives you a background on Anna Catherine's parents. And I also wanted to discuss a lot of the records and some of the information behind the Lampert family that was discussed in this genealogy. Now I wanted to provide some background on this compiled genealogy from Margaret Weissenberg herself, and she had written this on Thanksgiving Day on November 30th, 1939, and she at the time was living on River Ave and Cross Street in Lakewood, New Jersey. The beginning of this genealogy, which i is over 40 something pages with the index of the family reads this humble effort to assemble the record of the lampert family has been prompted primarily by the fact that my niece and nephew have had very little direct contact with their father's family since his death when they were young it is an attempt to make up to them in part for this loss perhaps the fact that so many Lamperts have married lamperts has made us lampert conscious The records from Flash will show that it was not uncommon for those of like names to intermarry there. Many of the women have given their maiden name to one of their children as a Christian name. We have not been a famous family. We have lived and died as plain, honest citizens. A few of us have been active in local, state, and national life. A few in religious spheres. All of us have contributed to the physical, mental, and spiritual needs of those about us. Our occupations have been diverse, with perhaps more teachers, merchants, and farmers than in other professions. There has been a bond of unity among us that has expressed itself especially in giving a home to children left homeless through the death of a parent. Almost all to whom application has been made have been been prompt and helpful, and to each I would express my sincere appreciation. But a special thanks are due to my aged aunt, Anna Widman, whose memory and interest assisted me in reaching families of whom most of us have, have never heard. To Catherine von Moos, who consulted tombstones and church records to add facts that could otherwise not have been obtained. To Martin Lampert, whose sudden call from this life last Christmas, left his eagerness to see the completed record unsatisfied. To my cousin Louisa Lampert-Young, whose chart gave me, impet- the, gave me impetus in beginning the gathering of this record. To H. Kunz, president of Flash, whose generous, prompt, and efficient help has had add many of the f- facts of special interest to us in America. To my niece Lucille Lampert-Helmers. Who spent many hours of her travel time last August copying all the Lampert names from the Flash Records into my cousin Lou Walker Garlow, who translated the scholarly German of the research work done in gathering this material. Much more time could be spent in gathering together the fragments, especially in the American part of the records. The work has been done entirely by mail, and it's been especially difficult to get data from state, city, and church records in America. Most of the answers have been, no record. I apologize for the gaps. Perhaps some other member of the family will at a future time have interest and take the time to do better. It is hoped that my work may prove of value in such an effort. So, not only do we get a glimpse of Margaret as a genealogist for the family, But just the thorough capacity of what she did and how it was done. Now, remember, this was 1939. They didn't really have any, they didn't have any technology like we do today in terms of computers that aid genealogists like me in this type of research. And most research, even up until, you know, the 90s and 2000s, had to be done in person and paper going to the physical repositories and knowing Margaret... She had to communicate with Switzerland and families across the country, including families like Anna Catherine's all the way in Salina, Kansas. So it's just really remarkable to see this kind of research and just the depth of what she did. She also has some really awesome other details about the name Lampert itself, as well as the family coat of arms and some other key items and historical documents. She states that, or from Carl von Frank, a researcher in Austria, states that the name of Lampert, in former times identical with Lambert and Lambrecht, originated from the first name Lambrecht, spelled L-A-M-B-R-E-C-H-T, in, La- in Latin, Lambertus, at the time when people had only one name and the habit of bearing family names developed. It originated from the old German word "land" and originally was spelled Lernderbot, Lambert, Lampert, Lampart, etc. Now the coat of about the coat of arms, and this was from a Dr. P. Gillardin, states that are that there are two notable Austrian families: the Counts and the nobleman Lampert. These families are not in existence anymore, and. The record also states that an imperial patent granted a coat of arms to three brothers Lampert in 1593, and a patent of nobility for two of these brothers in 1603. There are also a number of patents to be found for bearers of the name Lamberti and of Lambrecht. That was, excuse me, that was also from Karl von Frank, who was the researcher in um, Austria. And that Dr. P. Gillardin, as I mentioned before, states that in the collections of this locality appears to be no coat of arms of the Lampert family. And they also state that there's probably an interrelation between the Austrian Lamperts and those in Flash, since Flash adjoins the Austrian border boundaries, and for that reason, emigrants and marriages could be assumed between the neighboring communities. From there is also the Lamperts emigrated widely in all directions. Now, just to remember, Flash, from where Anna specifically came from, was in Switzerland, not Austria. Dr. Gillardin also states, according to this, that the oldest date for the Lampert family goes all the way back to the 1370s and 1379. Under this date, a Lampert from Flash took up citizenship in the town of Chur, also spelled C-O-I-R-E or capital of Grodbunden. But this branch of Lamperts must have died out in Chur. for some time later there was no trace of a Lampert in Chur. Only in 1854 did a branch of the same name again purchase citizenship there. And also the family had appeared in Davos in 1500, henceforth and Mainfield, genus and Chur. So just a, it's very interesting to see kind of how old this family goes back and they also um M- margaret also lists some of the oldest documents including a document of a uh, claus lampert from 1770 1475 to 1504 and other things of the like so this family has been you know it's awesome to see how thorough margaret really was in telling this family story And just one more little bit of information that Margaret had included, uh, titled a genealogical addenda towards this family, who originated from Flash, is that she states that these records cannot be perfectly, be more perfectly ascertained since in the year 1822, a large part of the village of Flash, including the parsonage and church books, were burnt, with The fire lasting seven days. Afterwards, with a great deal of effort, the records of the families were fixed up as well as possible, but only so that the oldest dates went back to about 1750. These can only be discovered from the dates of death and declarations of ages, and this would require research that would take a lot of time. Research, relationships can be provided only from... And it's kind of indiscernible here. And... Basically, it's very interesting to see that a lot of these, you know, she mentions this limitation by 1822 because of fire. And we've seen a lot of records destroyed by fire with genealogy before, including records from 1855 to around 1890 in Castle Garden in Ellis Island, when before the government had kind of, in New York, had intervened. And same with the 1890 census where we lost basically that whole census, which was such a critical time. Now, to continue about Anna Lampert and her family, after their 1846 immigration and the death of her father in 1848, only at the age of five and her other young siblings, Anna, her mother, and siblings had resided in Polk and West Bend in Washington County, Wisconsin in 1850 and 1860. By the 17th of September, 1865, Anna Catherine had married her Civil War veteran husband, Christopher Eberhardt, in West Bend, Wisconsin, at the age of 22. They had 10 children between the years of 1866 and 1887. The family had migrated to Kansas as of 1866, following Christopher's time in Kansas during the Civil War, and had resided in Salina, Kansas from 1870 throughout the rest of their lifetimes. Now the Lampert genealogy account describes Anna Catherine and her and her husband Christopher Eberhardt, and a lot and also their children in a lot of detail. So I'm gonna read you some of that there. So Anna Catherine Lampert was born on, as I stated previously, on November twenty ninth, eighteen forty two in Flash. Her husband. Christopher Eberhardt was born on January 25th, 1841, in Guntersblum, the providence of Hesse-Darmstadt in Germany. They had married on the 17th of September, 1865, and she had come to America with her parents in 1846, and she had took up oil painting of fruits and flowers after the age of 60. Christopher had come to America with his parents in 1848, and he had listed in Company D 12th was in the 12th wisconsin regiment and he volunteers he was part of the volunteers infantry and served three years actively in the civil war he liked kansas and the kansas plains while in army maneuvers and decided to settle the family there when they had gotten married and christopher was a very successful lumberman and he they were described as a royal pair much beloved by all who knew them. So they had 10 children. And this is, again, how it becomes confusing. And that's why it's notable how um, mentioned before, a lot of Lamperts married Lamperts. And they had this same, a lot of the system where they named their children, a lot of the similar names. So they had an Anna Catherine born on November 8th, 1866, a William George born on January 6th, 1868, A John Jacob, born on March 14th, 1869. A Charles Christopher, born on July 27th, 1871. A Henry Harmon, born on August 8th, August 10th, excuse me, 1873. A, A Frederick Franklin, born on May 27th, 1876. A Francis Lampert, born on January 7th, 1878 a Alma Ayana Lampart, born on October 24th, 1881, and Edna Inez, born on August 30th, 1883, and a Vera Lila, born on December 25th, 1887. And this, I'm going to include this account. It lists when all their children got married, when they died, where they were born, all this type of stuff. Most of the children were born in in salina kansas but some of the earlier children were born in leavensworth kansas and what's really interesting about this is in my search and documentation i found a fo- on find a grave another photograph that a an antiques dealer had listed of this family and it was actually taken in leavensworth so not only does it match this account it matches the photograph that was date another family photograph that was dated which is super super cool now, Anna Catherine Eberhart would pass away on the 3rd of June, 1912. Now, the Lampert genealogy and some other accounts had listed that she had died in Salina, Kansas, which does make sense because that's where she lived and resided her whole life, and that's where she was buried. However, some accounts also recall that her death had taken place in Alberta Lee, Minnesota. So, the first article. That i found was from the mcpherson daily republican on the 14th of june 1912 from mcpherson kansas and this article states titled dies in minnesota selena kansas june 5th miss anna c eberhart of this city who had been in minneapolis attending the m.e general conference with her husband c eberhart who was a delegate died last night at alberta lee minnesota she was 70 years old and had lived in Selena almost 50 years. She was the mother of Charles Eberhardt, Council General at large in South America and the West Indies. Four other sons and three daughters survived. Now, an- another thing to note, because just she had one child that died during their lifetime, and that was Alma Ayana. She had died on January 23rd, 1802. So this... All these details cooperate with each other, which is a very important thing to consider with genealogy, especially with this account. And they did it over paper. And just from the online database and all the records I found, it matches up. Now, the other article I found talking about this death was from the Topeka State Journal on June fifth, 1912 from Topeka, Kansas. And it states that Miss Annecy Eberhardt, the wife of Christopher Eberhardt, a businessman of Selena for half a century, dying at Alberta, Lee, Minnesota, while on her way from Minneapolis, where she accompanied her husband, who was a delegate to the General Conference of the Methodist Church. She came to Selena in 1855, a bride, and had raised a family of five boys and three girls. The oldest boy is Charles Eberhardt, Consul General at large for South America and the West Indies, and the family is well known in Topeka. Miss Eberhart was 70 years old, and the body is expected here tomorrow morning on June 6th. So, you know, we have some conflicting accounts, because now we see that she had come to Selena in 1855. Well, we have the census records and other records saying otherwise. So that's why it's kind of important to take things with a grain of salt, but also extract all the information that we can. Because even though both stated that she died in alberta lee minnesota we get a little bit more information especially you know um like about how the body's coming from minnesota to kansas i also located her obituary which was on find her her find a grave memorial page from the selena sun on saturday the 8th of june 1912 and it also describes her in detail the title reads death of a good woman Miss C. Eberhart, consort of Christopher Eberhardt, lumber merchant of Salina, died Monday evening at Alberta Lee, Minnesota. Her husband had gone May 1st as a delegate to the World's ME Conference at Minneapolis, Minnesota, and she had accompanied him to visit at her former home in Wisconsin. She was taken ill Saturday, and her daughter, Miss Catherine Eberhardt, started at once the trip to her, to her in response to a telegram. The father and daughter had arrived in Selena with the body, and the funeral was held yesterday afternoon from the Methodist Church, conducted by Reverend George C. Fort. The edifice was crowd, crowded with friends and many people went to the cemetery where an interment took place. She was born in Switzerland in 1842 and came first to Wisconsin when she was four years old. She was married to Christopher Eberhardt in 1867 and Mr. and Mrs. Christopher Eberhart moved to Leavenworth, Kansas, and then to Selena 2 years later, where they have since lived. The following sons living in Selena acted as pallbearers: John J, Henry H, Fred P, and Frank L. They were also present at the funeral: the daughters Catherine, Edna, and Vera Eberhart. Another son, Charles C Eberhart, Consul General for South America and the West Indies arrived in this country a few days ago on a visit, but not, did not reach Selena in time. In the death of Annecy Eberhart, an estimable woman, passed away, and her loss is sincerely mourned. The husband and children have the sympathies have the sympathies in their bereavement. The deceased was long a member of the Methodist Church. Her sisters of the WRC and ladies of the GAR mourn the death of a normal woman and member. She was a true helpmeet and mother and lived, well, her part in life. And that's a really touching obituary and it's super detailed about, you know, her whole life. Some obituaries kind of keep it short and sweet and list just the family members and when or where they died. This one, you know, the account of the one son not being able to reach the funeral in time because of his prestige and how she was traveling with her husband and the one daughter had to meet the father based on a telegram. That to me is just really cool to know, you know, how she just suddenly fell ill and how it happened so suddenly for her. Now, she is buried in Gypsum Hill Cemetery located in Salina, Kansas alongside her husband. And I included the headstone as well as the memorial of the finder grave in my research article and she is buried alongside her husband christopher eberhardt who died on the 26th of december 1922 at the age of 81 now his obituary his one obituary from the Selena Evening Journal, and this was from Find a Grave, on December 26, 1922, page 1, states that Christopher Everhart, was a pioneer citizen of this community, died this morning at 2.40 o'clock at the family home, 121 North H Street. The deceased had been falling and failing health for a number of years. An operation for cataracts of the eyes performed in Wichita about the middle of October. Of October, while successful in restoring his sight, was a severe shock to an enfeebled condition of health. He was brought to his home in Selena from Wichita in an ambulance five weeks ago. The end was not unexpected. The funeral services will be held at the First Methodist Church Thursday afternoon at 2 o'clock. The body will lie in state at the family home on 8th Street from 10 to 12 o'clock Thursday morning. Christopher Eberhardt was born on January 25, 1841, in Gintersblum, hessen dummerstadt Germany. He came to this country with his parents when seven years of age and settled in Wisconsin. He served throughout the Civil War as a member of the 12th Wisconsin Infantry. At the, as the close of the war in 1865, he married Anna Catherine Lampert and with his wife went to Leventown, Kansas, from which place two years later they moved to Salina arriving here in August of 1867. A continuous residence here of 55 and a half years distinguishes this citizen of Selena. Ten children were born, eight of whom survive. Miss Everhart passed away ten years ago in 1912. Their surviving children are Miss Catherine, John J, Charles C., Henry H., Fred F., Frank L, and a Miss Edna Everhart Lederwich and Miss Vera Everhart Hiller. All of whom makes Selena their home, except Charles C. Everhart, who spends most of his time abroad in the United States Counselor Service. The next portion, titled Road Here on Horseback, with the passing of Christopher Eberhart ends a long and influential life. He is one of the last of the sturdy pioneers who laid the foundation for a prosperous community. Through hardships of frontier life, not only was he identified with the beginnings of his hometown, Selina, but he was also a member of the original townsite company of McPherson, and helped to start a number of smaller towns in this vicinity. When he made his preliminary trip to Selena, leaving his little family in Leavensworth, he rode here from Albeline on horseback, so little had transportation progress had been made. He was influential in securing eastern capital for railroad facilities here and made a number of trips east with this object in view. In the second year of his residence, he was the foremost in organizing the defense of the settlers against the famous Indian raid of that year. In addition to the demands of his large private business interest, he was a leader in all activities for community betterment and held positions of trust in many of Selena's leading institutions. Mr. Eberhardt was a long, lifelong active member of the First Methodist Church. He was a member of the Board of Trustees of the Kansas Wesleyan University from its founding until three years ago, when upon his resignation, he made member emeritus. He was influential establishing the old normal. He lent his financial and moral support to every worthy cause. The next section is titled Into Lumber Business. The lumber business, which he established upon his arrival here, and which has now developed into the Eberhardt Construction Company under the management of his son, Frank L. Eberhardt, was one of the best known of the pioneer business concerns. Lumber was sent by wagon train to many parts of the state. The company did a regular business with Wichita when the place was in its infancy. At the opening of Oklahoma, lumber was sold in Guthrie by the board from a boxcar and there are many other instances of the enterprising spirit of the man who directed the company's business. Until his recent illness, which almost entirely incapacitated him, Mr. Eberhardt went every day to his office and performed some routine work. The Eberhardt home has been known for many years for its genuine hospitality. The life of Christopher Eberhardt contributed its full share to the best of family and community life. Again, A super touching and detailed obituary, you know, not only establishing Anna's place, but also his and his family's place in the community alongside their children. And it's just incredible to have all this information. And in this obituary, we actually see even a more specific time. And one of the things in genealogy is to focus on details. You know, when a family moves from one place to another, you know, that has to be documented. And especially in the mid-19th century, when a lot of migration was happening in, to the United, into the Western United States for settlement, you know, sometimes these exact dates can go undocumented. But for example, you know, a lot of times we can base this off when the first children were born in a certain locale. But also, we know when they went to Levensworth based on this obituary, as well as when they moved to Selena, And not only that, he was a founding member of that community and was part of all this stuff. And I could go on and on about him, and there's just so much genealogical evidence that could be ascertained from this, from school records, land records, you know, government documents, all this type of stuff. And it's just really remarkable. Another obituary of Christopher's from the Selena Daily Union on December 26, 1922, states that a pioneer merchant and lumberman is called in death. Christopher Eberhart dies early today at the age of 81 years old. He became a resident of Selena in 1867. The funeral at 2:30 p.m. on Thursday. Christopher Eberhart, Selena's well-known pioneer lumberman and merchant, died at his home 121 North H Street at 2.40 a.m. today at the age of 81 years, death resulting from the infirmities of old age. Christopher Eberhart was born on jo- January 26, 1841, in Guntersblum, hessen darmstadt Germany. He came to the United States when he was seven with his parents, and they settled in Wisconsin. When he was 20 years old, Mr. Eberhart enlisted in the 12th Wisconsin Volunteer Industry, which with which body he served throughout the war. He saw service around Chattanooga and Gettysburg, a brother of his being killed at Gettysburg and two brother-in-law at Chattanooga. Returning from the war, he married Anna Catherine Lampert in September 1865, and they proceeded directly to Levensworth, Kansas, where they had lived two years. They moved from Levensworth to Salina, arriving here in August of 1867, and he resided here continuously for 55 and a half years, during which time he was in the lumber business. Ten children were born to this union, eight of whom are living now. Miss Everhart passed away ten years ago in 1912. Their surviving children are Miss Catherine Messrs. John J. Everhart, Charles C., Henry H., Fred Frere, Frank L., Miss Bernard A. Leidowich, Miss Edward A. Hiller, all of whom, which makes Selena their home, except for Charles V, who spent most of his time abroad in the U.S. Consular Service. Miss, Mr. Everhart was a lifelong active member of the Methodist Church, arrived active in forwarding Kansas Wesleyan uni- University and other educational interests of the community, and he stood for aggressiveness and betterment of the city. He was an active member of the local GAR post, spending many hours with his comrades at the hall. He was also a member of the Masonic bodies. The funeral services will be held at the First Methodist Church Thursday afternoon at 2.30 o'clock. The body will lie in state at the home, 121 North H Street, from 10 a.m. until noon Thursday. Again, you know, even though it's another obituary, we get a little bit more details about his military service you know, as well as his own family. I have actually been to Gettysburg to camp when I was in Boy Scouts twice. I actually camped at a civil war hospital in Gettysburg. And, you know, it's a very surreal place. It's, but it's also very pretty. Um, Fun fact, I possibly saw a ghost there because I also did some ghost tours there. And I really want to go back because I wouldn't say it's one of my favorite places, but it's definitely a place that you know, is very sentimental to me. But, you know, seeing it in person and knowing that history is kind of interesting to see that, you know, he was someone that served there and also lost family there. Now, one of the most other interesting things I had found was an original oil painting of Anna Catherine Lampert on Ancestry. And I included that in the research article. Now, recall way earlier, and that I mentioned previously in this podcast, that she was also an oil painter. So, I'm not fully sure of the details, but I utilized this oil painting when I began my search in the first place to compare the photograph to And I found that it seemed like a match, like in terms of comparing the faces and stuff. I'm not sure if this was a self-portrait or a commissioned portrait, really any details of this. It was published by another family user on their family tree up in the Ancestry database. And I really haven't found any information that they had listed. They published it around almost over 10 years ago. So, but it is her. I'm not sure where it resides, who has it, all that type of details. But it does seem to be a portrait of her. And just judging from both Christopher Eberhart and her his wife Anna Catherine, you know they were a pretty prominent family in the area. They helped establish the town. You know, it wouldn't surprise me that they had portraits and other such things commissioned. But you know. To find Anna's photograph in a store and then to know the story behind their incredible family is just something absolutely amazing to me, you know. And that's the thing with genealogy that I love, you know. I look through these photographs in these stores and I take them home. And, you know, you don't really realize what someone's story is going to be until I do the research, which is always the fun part for me. And then when I do that, you know, I never know what I'm going to really recover or if I'm going to find a relative at all or if I'm going to identify them but in this case I was not only able to identify the relative I was able to send the photograph back to them already as well as really find all this amazing information on Anna Catherine Lampart and her husband Christopher Eberhardt just on a first name of Chris Eberhardt which is incredible. Now I also had found another photograph published on Finer grave that I mentioned previously by an antique dealer of Christopher, Anna, and likely one of their first children. I'm not too sure, but it is identified as them. It's actually in Leavensworth, Kansas, where they lived for a couple years. So that would be an incredible document to not only send back to this relative. So I actually contacted that antiques dealer and we will see what happens there. Maybe this relative can have not only one but two of the family. But there is images and copies of the, of the photograph itself, so I do know it exists, but I'm not sure if they still have it. But there was just so much plentiful information on this family, especially on Anna, and I'm so happy to say, you know, that I was able to send this back to a relative and just be able to tell their story. But if you have any questions or comments, please let me know at project at gmail.com. And remember that you were loved and that you were always welcome here. Take care now.